I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, I'm Steph. And I'm Simon. And welcome to The Food Fight, where we offer a different perspective on food culture issues around Australia and the world. We'll talk with chefs, producers, business owners and experts to hear their stories and find out what makes them tick. Today we chat with Julian Sincotta from Butter in Sydney about how a concept built on fried chicken, sneakers, champagne and hip-hop successfully blurred the lines between food and culture. All right, welcome to another episode of the Food Fight Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. My name's Steph Postuma. I'm your host, joined by my co-host, Simon Evans. Hi. Now, we start our podcast with an acknowledgement of country, so we'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land where we gather today, and pay respect to elders past, present, and emerging. All right, let's introduce our guest. We are here at Thievery in Glebe with Julian Sincotta. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, you are part owner here and then also over at Butter in Surrey Hills and now in Chatswood. And Parramatta. And Parramatta. Surrey Hills, Parramatta, now Chatswood. And now Chatswood, yes. All right. Three, going strong. (laughs) Let's, um, to begin with, like the easy way to start is just for you to give us a bit of a background of sort of how you got into food, like where you first started learning about food and things like that and where you started working. We know you've got a... um, began at Rockpool in a way as well? Yeah, um, I guess I started, I got pulled out of school because I was wagging and uh, my dad had a cafe and I actually wanted to be a builder nice. <laughs> or a chef, something with you my should hands. should have been a builder. Should have, yeah, yeah. Probably paid <laughs> more, more and, you know, doing half days. Um, yeah, so uh, basically, yeah, within the week, pulled me out, put me in the kitchen at, at um, the cafe and was just washing dishes. Wouldn't let me do anything else apart from make salads and wash dishes. Wasn't even allowed to empty the deep fryer. Like, really? it was just very, yeah, he was like, I wasn't trained enough. Um, and then I started doing a few shifts a week at a little place in Paramatical Courtney's Brasserie, Paul Cooper's. And I just remember like the first dish was like this mushroom, uh, wild mushroom terrine. And he had like this mandarin gel that was like a line on it, this, quinelle of beetroot chutney and this little like baguette crostinis and i was like wow (laughs) Wow. that was cool yeah and then um i was already like an apprentice then i i think i was like second year or third and he was like i can't afford you and then i got the job i saw an ad in the paper for rockpool my best friend from school had started working there after he did the intercontinental hotel school he's like come and work here and i had nothing i had no idea who Neil Perry was or what it was or anything. 
And I went on the trial and supposedly everyone told me I only got the job because I went for the Roosters and Khan Danis, the head chef at the time, went for the Roosters. It was 04 <laughs> and it was when they were playing the Bulldogs. And Good yeah, reason as so any to get a job. <laughs> when, yeah. I mean, apprentices are quite similar sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just pick someone you might want to chat to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then I started there and that trial, it was like, you know, all this like fine stuff and I was just like wow okay this is amazing I wanted to quit from day one for a good year and a half but my brother sort of kept me in there and stuck it out and yeah like I just fell in love with it, it was a little played in the you know the camaraderie of the kitchen everyone working together you know just pushing on that adrenaline that just like was amazing I loved mm. it always been competitive like everyone in the kitchen was like who can do it quicker who can do it mm. better who can do more you know mm. um so yeah i just really love that whole whole thing of the kitchen and that was where i probably you know from courtney's brasserie like i did really love it and wanted to get into it but that was really probably the point of like okay this is what i'm doing and what i'm gonna do and what i envision to have my own places or do my own things so yeah i spent god like five years went down to melbourne when they opened up rockpool bar and grill was still like a you know a sort of senior chef um not like a sous chef but like a senior cdp mm. and then you know slowly sort of worked up the ranks there came back and opened up bar and grill in sydney 09 and then yeah had gone overseas and yeah mm. done a few things in between awesome so we won't dwell on rockpool too much but maybe what's like is there something that you learnt? like we've talked to a few Rockpool alumni on this podcast is there something that you sort of learnt there that you you've just taken with you ever since I think like you know Neil's uh, appreciation for food for people for hospitality it was a very big thing you know no matter how much you worked how tired anything like he just walked through the kitchen and lift everyone up Mm. everyone was like family everyone worked together like honestly it's still one of the the places um you know and we try to instill that with ours like everyone is family everyone works for the same goal um you know met so many amazing people there and friends still like you know graham and stuff and and pollard everyone like it you still really stay connected and you like i don't know i look back on it going how the hell did i mm. prep all that stuff and get it all done and like you know and it's like i couldn't do it now yeah. <laughs> um but um <laughs> every chef feel like yeah, was but, every job I've had, I yeah. felt like, I was like, how do we, how do we get through that? Yeah. How do we do that with, it, like, that was, many people? I know, like, mate, doing, like, 20 kilos of crabs and having to pick mm. liters and liters of herbs and salad mix and all this. I was just, like, in a dungeon down at Rockpool. Like, honestly, I don't know how. But, um, <laughs> but I just think instilling in, you know, what food is, what hospitality is, um, that's just this whole thing, you know, just cooking beautiful, amazing food. Mm. And so then... At a point, while you were, were while you were working at Rockpool, when you won the Josephine Pinulay Young Chef Award, no, I was at. Um, I just opened up Nomad. Oh, okay. Uh, Nathan Sarsi was right. the head there, and it was a few years in the making. Yeah. And I had actually wanted to apply for it years before, but never yeah, right. got around to it. And I think it was like four years after. Yeah, it must have been twenty four when I wanted to do it, and I still had my notes that I wrote, and it was still actually pretty the same. Mm. of like how I wanted to do or you know your philosophy on food um and then yeah so I won that 2015 yeah, yeah. so like for people who haven't heard of it because there are a diverse group of people that listen to this like what does what does winning that award mean and what did it bring you um so <laughs> it's it's on basically uh, you as a chef as a leader you know, within the industry, basically, they, they want to, the, you know, Josephine Pinulay, obviously, she was an up-and-coming chef, Damien Pinulay's wife, they had a car accident. 
they, um, you know, I did this award in honour to her and it was for aspiring up-and-coming chefs to give them, obviously, you know, chefs and people don't get paid much to get money to go overseas to learn to come back and be that next leader of chef that, on, you know, gives them their um, training and knowledge to the next generation. Mm. Cool. And so that, that then facilitated you getting some pretty cool stages overseas? Yeah, so, I mean, before that, I'd actually been overseas. Um, yeah. I, I was in Melbourne, and I was like, Khan, I want to... Well, Neil was actually going to open up in London. I was like, I wanted to go over yeah, right. and learn, but then, you know, Melbourne happened, so I was like, okay, cool, getting out of home. I went over to America in, like, 2009, um, sort of on my own back. Didn't really have much, um, but it was, like, dollar for dollar, so it was actually amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, the exchange rate. And, mm. yeah, I went and, like, staged at Alinea and went to um, Charlie Trotter's. Uh, I went to um, Morimoto in New York, mm-hmm. uh, which was really fun. I, I'd always loved Japanese sort of style mm. of things. Um, and then, yeah, so obviously I'd, I'd always wanted to go to Europe. And that was a time when I was meant to apply for the award and I wanted to go right. and get it done. But, um, yeah, well, after I got the award, you get, like, some flights and some money um, to go over to learn. And, yeah, I went on a hiatus for eight months and mm. I did some staging. I literally ate three, four times a day. I spent way more than my award money. <laughs> I could have probably bought a house. But uh, it was an experience that, um, you know, you're never going to get. So what, because um, I don't know, we haven't talked too much about actual like staging. We've done a, done a little bit on this podcast, but mm. um, tell us about some a place like Alinea, like walking into that place compared to where you'd been before, like what, what did you see and like what was it like? How did you respond and, and stuff like that? that? That's a next level place. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Yeah, look, it was amazing. Um, at that time, uh, like before Neil at Rockpool, like we had gone into the molecular route and like these little veg jellies yeah, and okay. hot vanilla foams <laughs> yeah. and everything was sous vide and it, like it was an eye opening. It yeah. was different, thinking different. When I got there, like God, like that kitchen was absolutely amazing. Like how they ran two sides, cooking on each side, sous chefs and chefs in the middle that go from section to section, 24 courses. It was like, you know, all right, you got rutabaga on pass. Or, you know, they're just yeah. going through the motions. It was like an army and it was, it was run so well. I guess what, and this is probably a thing from Rockpool or Neil, um, I didn't really see food. Yeah. Right. It was yeah. molecular. It was. I had an outstanding meal, but I had like um, I'd already known how to cook. Um, you know, I was a stage. I was picking herbs. I didn't mind because you can do that and you watch and learn yeah. and you see things. I guess a part that I really kind of uh, sort of found one of the interns was like, oh, we're like having a drink. They all go like get smashed after work. Nice. You're there from bloody 9 a.m. Yeah. till 1 in like the morning. Yeah. 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 And it's JMO shots and beers. That's all you can have. <laughs> um, and he's like, oh. Obviously, Australia, Asian food, distillate, like Thai flavors, things like that. Like, we're so accustomed to it, balance mm. and harmony, you know. And he's like, whinging to me, he's like, oh, I make this to the recipe, to the tea, to the salt, all this. And it's always different. It was a Thai distillation of, of flavors like ginger, galangal, garlic, scud chili. And I'm like, yeah, but like ginger can taste different one day to the next. Chilies are more heat. This. And he's like, yeah, but I follow the recipe. <laughs> and that was probably the point where I was just like, this is not cooking like you got to feel it like a recipe is a guideline taste seasoning adapting to like what there is 
to and yeah and like I actually thought I'd go see Amazing Produce all these things um, it was a bit different but like for what they did was fucking incredible yeah, like it yeah. was amazing like honestly I had one of the most amazing theatrical it, the food was tasty a couple of the ty- the Asian things probably not but um, <laughs> no like but it was an amazing meal and yeah I just kind of like I really loved it and then that was when it probably was a point where it was like you know what I just want to cook good tasty accessible yeah. mm. food it's kind of like there was almost like a, a different time in restaurants like that kind of it yeah, was still it was still kind of that Ferranadria Heston molecular um, things need to look not like their original form things need to like taste like you have to have like 20 ingre- 20 weird ingredients to make this like completely different flavor profile of stuff and then we've kind of gone to that more like noma um scandinavian kind of ingredient focused and we are in a much better place for now because yeah it was like dishes would just not look like food but yeah. that, that was like that was the challenge was like how can i make this thing look like a fucking rock or a pebble <laughs> i think tomato it's, but uh, it's a strawberry yeah, yeah you know yeah. like it, it, which is like it, it's amazing honestly it's, it's, it's technically it's, competent but yeah. it does lose its soul yeah and especially in kind of a massive brigade like that when you are only seeing like one tiny part of the dish mm. that's just got to be like yeah very much feeling like you're not cooking yeah or it's not food yeah do, do you think there's do you think there's something i don't know like the fact that we didn't catch that molecular bug here in Australia in the same way that yeah, like Europe it. Europe might have or in the States might have I mean some I probably sapia you look to and like mm. restaurants like that but um I don't know does that say something about Australian culture and Australian cuisine because what I see from you know wherever I consume food media is people really appreciating and it's and it's now but it has always been just really appreciating good tasty simplicity mm. produce driven stuff and like so many people we talk to now are like no we don't want to fucking spherify anything like we just like why would we <laughs> spherify a pea it's already a sphere yeah yeah i think a bit of like i mean okay look back in the day like tet's key aria mm, yeah um you know uh, uh key uh sorry rock pool and stuff uh it they had their time there wasn't the the casual restaurants there is now, right? Mm. It was either like your general local places or you went to those fine. I think one part is our population and demand. The other part is like, there's a lot more money over there than sort of Mm. here. I mean, even they had it to set these places up. Like, I mean, I know we had 20 chefs at Rockpool and things, but I think it was a bit as well, like the like they're hemorrhaging money, you know, but they're getting those awards. And we obviously never had the Michelin staff. I mean, Rockpool or, you know, Key or Venturi has been in the top 100s and that. But, yeah, I just think that we appreciate and accept differently. Mm. You know, I mean, you want to actually go overseas and have those fine, crazy meals. But here, you want something that you like. Mm. You know, Key, you've got a beautiful setting and you're having beautiful food. I mean, Mm. they're doing a little bit of it, but it's still more real food. Yeah, I mean, it comes on a lifestyle here a bit. Everyone's a bit less intense in Australia. So, like, and that, that, that kind of, like, 20 course all like so technical it's really intense to work with and intense to eat mm. um and also like wages in america are fucking nothing you yeah. can afford to have 50 chefs to 20 diners it's like, all the mexicans doing everything uh, yeah 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 <laughs> underpaid so like i mean th- that's where the, the biggest biggest difference Same in the uk as well like you have these massive brigades in these these hotels that are serving like 30 guests and you just couldn't afford that here it was probably one thing that i really like obviously i would had just qualified and being there and then like these interns these people went to culinary school Mm. and like literally didn't really have any skill but like thought they were like amazing too i think that 
Australia and I think it's more in the UK too like just mate we can cook we can do everything like he's like no no those guys will pick herbs or these things it's like yeah. man we need to do it ourselves like mm. they just didn't have that like you know uh, look, there is a, a lot of amazing American chefs, but just my time of seeing like some of the young kids, I was like, God, you know, 18, 19, it's like, but, and they all do like their school. They're a little bit older, like 22, when they're kind of starting, when we mm. were like 15, 16, starting <laughs> apprenticeships. It was a totally different um, mindset. You know, they didn't think they had to do all the stuff or, yeah, you know, the God, shitty things, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, they've, yeah. They've, been yeah. To, they've been to the culinary school, so they've skipped all the... <laughs> yeah, the, the, and that's the where you learn work. how to be quick and time management yeah. and doing that stuff and you can do any job. If you mm. have to, you know, wash the shit out of anything, like, you're going to do it. But, mm. yeah. What about... So, what about some of the European stages? You were at Saturn in Paris and Lyles in London and a couple of others. Like, is there is there one particular one that stood out or something you learnt or... A story um, to share like which which ones were actually good because so many starches can just, can just be <laughs> no, I, I, you're, you're, in, you're in the corner picking <laughs> no honestly i did um i had a really fun time in brawl not honestly i because i sort of had some friends in the places i had a really good time like lyle's was awesome and i think that that was very like really good food too yeah, like i really yeah. loved you know the, the food there um and there were also small kitchens and stuff too mm. and for what they were pumping out uh, God, it seems like forever ago now. But honestly, I, I can't say there was a favorite. Um, I really enjoyed all of them. When you're learning something, when you're around people, you're seeing different things. Like you're just so happy and engrossed in it, you know. Mm. Like I didn't have anything bad. No, mm. I didn't have a bad, you know, uh, stage anywhere. So, um, yeah, Paris was awesome. I did really love that. And like I said, London. Um, I tried to get in Kiki to Costa down in... Um, in uh, Danae in Barcelona but they wouldn't have me so I was a bit upset because like he was one of the first people I sort of had really watched and that molecular part as well like very interesting and down like mm. on the water and you know um uh but yeah cool um and then so like returning to Australia did you did you think all right well like I've got all this experience in in these types of kitchens and things like that this is a path I should naturally go down or was you know your next move uh, reaction against that like what what was it like when you go back here and, and then you know coming to thievery um well so before i actually went i opened up thievery right it was just before i came oh, and consulted okay. for the boys right. um for a few months so we sort of got it opened i mean it was my first proper place i did my first sort of real menu myself yeah. like it was a thing i think like Rockpool, it was always sort of Khan, Neil, there was bits that you didn't, and man, it's scary. Like, I still, I think I'm a shit cunt, you know, like, <laughs> anytime. Uh, you know, even now, it's like, uh, you have, um, sort of coming back, so I had already done thievery, so I was on, a, like, a little bit of a high, like, we mm. were very just street food, wasn't anything going for hats, things like that. Um, but yeah, learning all the experience, I think I just realised, like, more what I realized when I was in the States, just putting tasty, honest food and, and giving it the love that it needs Yeah. in anything we do. So, you know, I mean, we talk about butter, it's just fried chicken, but for me, it's not just fried chicken. You mm. know, it's harder to do one thing properly than putting seven elements on a plate that yeah. can morph and taste together. Yeah. So, you know... There's we, nowhere to hide when it's one thing. That's right, yeah. I mean, that was Neil's thing of bar and grill, three elements on a plate, like they have to be really good. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, Simon said something interesting when we were on the way up here, which was about like, That's good. yeah, I know for <laughs> once. Um, <laughs> it just office quotes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Less of them and more actually interesting <laughs> chat, which was a nice change. Mm. Um, in Australia, we seem to like 
and it goes sort of back to we saying a bit of a rejection of like molecular stuff and liking that honest food but like people be, can be very successful chefs and well-known chefs but not have to be in the top restaurants in australia you know what i mean like you can do butter and and be very successful and people mm. know who you are because you are doing it and sort of unashamedly just saying we're doing this and we're doing it really, yeah, really I think the, well the there's generally been like pressure in some of yourself winning the you know, awards and, and that they're set up for you to come back and you know head up a Rockpool kitchen or, or open this, this two three hat restaurant mm. on the water um, and there's going a lot of there has been a lot more pressure and, and that or that was almost the only path you could take and now it seems that people are taking a bit of a step back and being like nah <laughs> I just want to do like good food on my own terms in the spot I want to hang out in. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that happened a lot with like the guys and all the rock pool and key boys and all that, you know, everyone used to meet and like, I mean, it was a very big term that was used, like just cooking the food I'd love to eat, mm. right? That casual shared dining. I think with like, say for butter or with anyone now is like conceptually, it's something different. Why? And Manolo, my business partner, you know, coming from Deloitte and doing risk analysis, seeing all these big companies. And I think it's quite engrossed. Um, my other partner, Mo, like when we thought were sitting down was like, why do things the same? Yeah. Why cut, copy and paste, you know, think outside and concept conceptually for what like butter, butter is, um, you know, it was very weird. It's odd. It's something it's like, okay, we're going to, do these four mm. pillars fried chicken hip-hop champagne sneaker it's a juxtaposition yeah we're gimmicky we didn't know if it's gonna work um but to go go through that like why do something and just have your restaurant that's your little thing you got a whole story you get to connect more with people i think people connect uh love and more connection through a restaurant that can tell a story it doesn't have to just be where the food's from what the food is but it could be a whole brand vision mm. that's different mm. so Let's go back to the beginnings of butter then because I reckon it's fascinating. So, <laughs> like, was it one person's idea? Or, like, like, how did it... What was the first conversation about, all right, this is, this is the, the concept I'm thinking? Like, <laughs> So, I was overseas um, and at Thievery we'd already done this LFC, Lebanese fried chicken, and throughout that, you know, eight, nine months that I was away, everyone was like, oh, the fried chicken. Like, it was all, like, fried chicken shops and then... Thievery and Glebe has, like, mm. the best fried chicken. Yeah. And, uh, like, which was amazing. Um, and then the boys were like, we want to open a fried chicken joint. And then Manoli had always wanted to do a sne uh, sneaker and hip-hop bar. So they were like, all right, fried chicken, sneakers, hip-hop. Came back. I came back and they're like, we want to do this. And I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> like, honestly, <laughs> that was my first thing going, you joking? But, I mean, look, they, you know, were very, uh, no, like, this is going to be. And, uh, look, honestly, we all were like, it's gimmicky. It's funny. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Uh, it was like, all right, well, what's next? Champagne. You know, I mean, our pillars, fried chicken, hip-hop, champagne, music. Um, fried chicken, hip-hop, champagne and sneakers. It's, it's food, music, booze, retail, mm -hmm. like fashion. And yeah, we kind of just put it together, put it out there and yeah, it's gone really well. And I think that we've, we've been really true to what we are. Like mm. we're not just that restaurant. We're not just that retail shop. We're not just a bar. Like we have really tried to ingrain and envision and stay true to the culture, the mm. subculture of what hip hop and all that is. Yeah, I mean, that concept could easily have become gimmicky if uh, you know, the things weren't good and things weren't quality. Like if it, if it was shitty chicken, like it wouldn't yeah. have worked and people, it would have been as a throw into a, a, you know, it'd be like someone opening a shoe shop and then 
just making some chicken or you get yeah. like those random like places that like decide to put a coffee machine like we'll just do coffee and it never fucking works yeah because the coffee's a gimmick definitely a few of them yeah uh, yeah like it, it definitely yeah definitely could have i mean and that's the thing like i and you know the training and everything no matter what you sort of do like we have good honest tasty yeah. food like cooking you know cooking. we try to i've changed it like little bits customers probably don't really know or you know i do a different flour or mm. adjust things just to be better um, that you've always got to change and evolve and better yourself. You know, we're five years now at Surrey and we're going through another sort of little change. It's not big things, but it's just making sure our product is right and getting to the customers and done well. Our fashion side, you know, having that done properly, like we're not big. Mm. We do our own clothing. We do a few small brands um, from, you know, Europe or LA or America and stuff. The drink side of it, all of it is like simplistic elegance is what I like to kind of yeah. call it. It's streets meets luxury. It's nothing crazy. We're not doing over the top. We're not doing anything reinventing. We're just doing it good and honest. With our artists and the music, like we've really gotten into the culture and gotten into the people and with the labels and like the artists coming in, like Wu-Tang, we hustle for them to come in. Yeah. And obviously Manoli's a massive fanboy. The guy was like, had to change his shirt 45 times before they come in because he was sweating <laughs> so much. That's so uh, and they came in and they were just like, wow. They yeah. went to go to Maryvale or something yeah, before right. and we got them to come in. And you stole them from Raekwon, Rizzo and Jizza had come and, and they were just like, what the fuck is this place? You know? And, <laughs> and I remember Raekwon was like, man, you know what? My mom tastes like my mom's. It's like mm -hmm. secret ingredient, mustard powder, you know, like in the fried <laughs> chicken. And, and they told people. And then people started to ask to come to us. You know, yeah, awesome. we were hu hustled a couple to come in yeah. and then just we're just kind of known for that. Was that was that part of the business plan? Was it like we want to incorporate like real hip hop into this into this store, like get people to come in. Like some of the stuff you're doing now is I think yeah, definitely. Oh, it definitely was. We were starting off of, you know, fried chicken hip-hop champagne sneakers like the food and and food uh food and booze primarily in-store experiences was you know our number one focus we wanted to get artists in we didn't really know what capacity or how it worked and as it did we sort of grew like we've interviewed artists you mm. know we've had our butter presents and yeah. done with them we've had internationals come over we've had them tell people we've had some artists meet other artists in there and and you know gone on to to sort of get signed and things it, it's been a surreal kind of weird this little 40-seater fried chicken shop yeah. that could have been a gimmick actually stay true there's a lot of stuff outside that people don't understand that mm. what we do you know people still like oh fuck whatever you know they still <laughs> think we're gimmicky they don't understand but for our you know biggest believers and supporters they really understand and know what we're doing Mm. So how much of the, the, the I mean, when you come up with the concept, so you got like, right, what are we actually going to do? But then was the, was the kind of foresight there to be like, we want to be a culture, we want to be um, more than just a restaurant? Was, was that there originally or was that, that yeah. just come with, with the planning? And, or was that, that like, was definitely the vision, uh, a, a culture. Like I said, Manoli loves hip hop and, and loved everything and part of it. You know, they talk about drinking champagne or Hennessy. They all collect sneakers. They all eat fried chicken. Like, like Post Malone literally was eating fried chicken every day that we were taking to him. I was like, this is not good. <laughs> um, it was definitely a culture because it's all about like the storytelling. It's what we had all loved growing up. All the boys, everyone collected sneakers. Everyone loves hip hop. It was envisioned. It was their culture, our culture. And we just sort of put it out there. Yeah. Um, 
Like, what was the initial response like when you first opened? Like, did, did people, like, how long did it take for people to get it? Um, mate, the first few days, uh, not few days, <laughs> months opening, having lineups. I was at OC. Yeah, right. Like, so there was lineups the at the very start. Come? Yeah, at the start. We had them out on the street for the good first three months until the council told us we weren't allowed to line people up. It was ridiculous. Yeah, right. Um, it, it was really, yeah, it was really funny. And I was just like, why the fuck are people covered here? <laughs> you know, like, it, it was just very surreal. We had, you know, a lot of people in. Look, a lot of people still don't get it. Mm. A lot of people aren't engrossed. They just love the food. Other people, like, just love the retail. Other mm. people just love, like, the drinks, you know. And then you have your, your greatest advocates that love all parts of it. We are very select. Uh, it's a very select, you know, culture. People being engrossed in the whole lot. We're not expecting to get everyone to fully get it. Mm. But I think we've stayed true. And I think it's why, you know, what do you say, one year... Is kind of make or break yeah, your yeah, next yeah. is three yeah, years yeah. and then kind of five years to 10 years to mm. sort of you know lasting for longevity so that's why getting better and doing more and and being more a part of the culture is a really big thing we started off i think we stayed true it took us a couple of years to really sort of find that and really get within these artists and within the subculture within the australian community and i think we've done it yeah, totally. Yeah. You I definitely mean, have because, I mean, the, yeah, the proof's in the pudding because you're busy and everyone knows butter. But, like, it's just fascinating what you were talking about before about, you know, like being unique from the start and working with people from not a hospitality background and saying everyone wants to open a fucking restaurant. And, like, I mean, it's very – there are very few restaurants – and there are even fewer casual, like, or takeaway fast food places in Australia that have, like, a serious cult following and people, like you say, like, that completely get it and are advocates and, like, lo- love what you're about. Um, so the only way to execute that is to do something unique. Like, it's it's almost impossible to just, like, unless you want to be the first person to invent a cronut or some shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's almost impossible to sort of break out of just being a hospitality venue and break into, like, other parts of culture, like, yeah. here in Australia. So, yeah, it worked. Uh, yeah, uh, look, uh, yeah, honestly, it's it's having the same, like, all those vi- the visions and doing it right and doing it from the start. Like, you can do anything. You mm. put your mind to yeah. it. Some things will work. Some things won't. I mean, look, we weren't the first to, say, put fashion and, you know, we were talking before, coffee machines at places yeah. <laughs> or, you know, they have their own clothing or merch. Um, what I really think more of is that we're not just a restaurant or a bar we actually are a brand mm. yes. and we do our brand is that culture is part of our brand yeah so that's a bigger thing of a restaurant yep you can have a name a chef doing what you're doing like butter for us is a brand and that's what we envisioned at the start yeah i guess I mean, that's kind of hip-hop all, all over it it's not just it never has just been music it has been about, about a culture you know about people about background about history about stories um and it's and it's to the point where hip-hop has flooded popular culture um and almost in in there's a kind of bit of a hip-hopification of food of recent as well with like food just being mentioned in songs more and like some like rappers haven't worked in kitchens because who hasn't worked in hospitality when yeah. you're trying to do something <laughs> like and it's kind of this, this weird crossover anyway that's sort of been happening um so it's kind of i, mean, I guess the, the butter is almost a kind of personification yeah. of, of that that cultural shift well, like we had ASAP Ferg talk about butter, one um, a song here, and his, his latest song is like we hit butter and you know drinking all the henny and all my Aussie freaks, like the song Aussie freaks, wow. and we were just like, that's that's that pretty us? amazing. Yeah. That is yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. amazing. You know, uh, there was like an add-on. There was 
an ad on TV, the Snoop Dogg one with Menu Lock. That's right. And <laughs> yeah. people, and then everyone like Lab Bible, like, oh, you know, Snoop Dogg raps about Australia and all this. It's like, mate, that motherfucker got paid to do yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Really, like, you know, this guy, like, ASAP Ferg, honestly, like, he's a really nice guy. We got to go. He's to, a lively guy. ASAP yeah. <laughs> Ferg's a lovely guy. <laughs> it, was really, uh, it was really funny. He came in, did an event. We got to go. He did a recording thing after. We got to go there. Yeah, cool. And in the studio when he was doing one of his songs uh, with his DJ, and I think it was What's Or Not, um, they were doing a collab together. Mm. And... I think it was a couple of months later, like I just turned up to Surrey and he was there like in the middle of the day. <laughs> nice. And I'm just like, oh, hey. He's like, man, yeah, we're just stopping over. I just wanted the fried chicken. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I love it. It's really good. And we started chatting. He's like, man, you got to do this in the States. I was like, I'm fucking scared to take fried chicken to the States. Like, yeah. He's like, dude, man, this new place opened in LA. It's got lines. I've had it. He's like, your chicken is amazing. I want this over there. And we've had like a lot of the artists be like, amazing. you need this over there. That's pretty cool. You know, Post Malone, everything. Like each year he's yeah. come in and yeah, let's said get it. Some, I want to get some more. Yeah, get some more stories. I want to hear, <laughs> hear more about these stories of artists and stuff. What's Post Malone like? I mean, he's, he's wild. Of, he's he one of the wi- nicest guys you'll ever meet. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, th- we've had really great relationships with everyone. Mm. We've had a few, you know, won't say that um, they actually have a bit of anxiety and can't eat in front of people and would go in their car and eat and then come back and didn't want anyone in like their space, you know, yeah, like, but he honestly, he's fucking hilarious. He's so funny. Like he... We, when we first met him, he first came in, um, Jess and our promoters of FOMO had brought him in and it, no tats, no nothing. Mm. Just really like, oh, thank you so much. This was yeah, really right. great. I <laughs> love this. All the boys got like a photo with yeah. him in the kitchen and I was like, oh shit. And then he went like double platinum. Then yeah. he started getting tats the yeah, next year. Yeah. He's like... Yeah. 19 by yeah. this point or something <laughs> like yeah. yeah he went um, they were in Brisbane and he's like, hey, can we go to Butter? And they're like, it's in Sydney. He's like, well... I don't know, they said if it's true or not. Oh, they wanted him to fly some chicken up or something, right? He's like, nah, when we go to Sydney, we'll do it. He's like, I love this place. He was like upstairs in our garage and like on a milk crate, like cigarette, beer. And he's like, with his bouncers there and that. And he's Mm. like, man, yeah, I just really fucking love your chicken, eh? He goes, mate, this is fucking cool. I'm telling you, like, you got to do it. What do you want? You want to come over? Yep, you want money? Yep, I got money doing this, you know? Like, he wanted to do it. Uh, We have had a few chats. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. uh, Yeah, he came last time with Tyler Wahi, and Tyler had just done his RSA. No, he didn't really, but... Yeah, it was literally, it was like, hey, I want to, like, all these people are here for me. I want to go behind the bar, and he's making cocktails, and, like, yeah, don't show any of the videos for licensing, but... um, There's rules in Australia. You know, like like I said, Raekwon, and he's, like, telling me about his mum's fried chicken recipe, and, you know, we've had, like, Cormega, like, old school hip-hop. Yeah, that's old school. He was just, like... And he just wanted to hang out. He messages every time, like, he's here, or even... On the Instagram, we go, "Hey, you guys going?" You know, like that's so cool. We haven't had like nothing, you know, too crazy, but yeah, you know, yeah. just them being them. Oh, just taking bottles of champagne out on the road. Yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah. man, you can't drink on the street in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but honestly, it just always had a mad time. They engage with like people, you know, customers or people that we invite to these parties, and man, they've always been really like thankful, and you know, they've honestly been really nice. We haven't. Haven't had anyone, um, haven't had anything weird Yeah, hard to say. Even when we do the festivals or we take stuff mm. backstage, like Manoli and Mo, like they got to go 
the last one with Wu Tang. Like they came in store and they got to take him fried chicken backstage, yeah, cool. and you know they're all they're all just loving it. So. It's been really good, yeah. honestly, and and just the words sort of got out from them, and then yeah, how cool is that? It's that it. like they're yeah. just telling their mates over in the states and stuff like that. It's like if you ever go to this Sydney, you got to go to Butter. I mean, like, yeah, it's mm, just great, just being embraced by that culture that you are sort of being a part part of with with the shop that that you that you've kind of based a business model on on hip hop, and then for you know people in you know, hip hop artists to to accept that and to and to, to love it. Yeah, that just must be real cool. Look, there's a lot of places that try to get these people in, but you know, yeah. obviously they just sort of come to us or they talk to their record label, and it's always last minute, like 4 p.m. Hey, I want to have a party tonight, and like Sony or something, or Ring. Yeah. Oh yeah, hey, can we do this? We're like, you fucking serious? Like, yeah. just get it all done. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. And, like, man, we've given them some t-shirts. They wore them on stage. You know, they they have um, they they really I feel really respected and. Like I said, a few of them have really wanted to and talked to us. And I think, like, the States is such a market. They're like, how has no one done this yeah, in the States? Yeah. So maybe we should hurry up because, uh, yeah, who knows? So, but, I mean, no one's going to the States for three years or yeah, four years true. now. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a while. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, let's move on slightly. Like, tell us a bit about opening up um, Parramatta and Chatswood and sort of... Is that just sort of the natural progression of a successful business? Like, I mean, you know, that's that's kind of the dream for a lot of owners and a lot of chefs. It's like, you know, multiple venues, you can manage it and start being properly successful in this industry. <laughs> uh, mate, it's still not. Still, <laughs> yeah. Still, still how, do you, how do you um, justify what success is? You know, it's not always monetary or things. I think what we had was we wanted, we are a culture. We wanted to, what we feel... Sydney, Surrey Hills is the one part. That's one, mm. one customer base. Parramatta, Western Sydney, the next customer base to like envision and take our culture. And now opening Chatswood. It's kind of like what we feel, the three boroughs of yeah, Sydney. Okay. <laughs> right? We wanted to just get out. Like if you want to be known or branded or anything, it's, we pick that already. Like we mm. wanted to. Um, having Surrey Hills like going so well a tiny little place we did a bigger place in Parramatta we had a mezzanine we had all our retail stuff so that was going really well driving from Surrey to Parramatta is a pain in the ass and then now driving to Chatswood mm-hmm. but yeah it, it is definitely the progression we we've done it all off our own backs it's, you know we haven't had much money to do things yeah. there's stuff that we've learnt and done along the way I think you know owning the businesses and doing stuff and Manoz always says you know the best thing is every decision you make matters Yeah. but the worst fucking thing is every decision you make matters right (laughs) you know one day week to week next to next oh this store's doing good this store's not oh but then that store's doing good this is not you're what's going on but definitely we whether we do more I'd like to go into state or I do really feel overseas would be great Mm. for it but with everything that's sort of happened the last year, mm. like, you know, it's been a very big reset, um, you know, I'm not talking about COVID, but it actually gave us some time to strip back everything we've sort of done, how we do it, replay our visions, replay our focus, what we're doing, how we're doing it. So, yeah, we could do more. We could do anything. Staffing's, cool. you know, an issue too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting some good staff. Yeah. yeah, plenty of issues. Did, did the... So the Chatswood one, you're in shopping centre? Yeah. So Is that we, more like like... Were you thinking, okay, well, we want to push retail more? Is that a part of it? Like, like, how does the... That's one thing I didn't ask, which I meant to, was like, how much of the business is retail and like how much of the business is 
hospitality. It's, look, it's still primarily food. We we yeah. don't do we, we don't want to be that fast fashion and just pumping clothes. Like yeah. we do very select. All our stuff is very limited. Yeah, we might yeah. make you know fifty of each T-shirt for us. Mm. We'll only get like 10, 20 of like the other brands that we do. Um, the the kicks are consignment, so it's other people's on selling. Um, they sell quite a lot of those. Our retail stuff generally sells out. It's not, I mean, I can't actually tell you a figure off the yeah, top no. of my head what percentage <laughs> is, but being in the shopping center has made it a bit more, like we're yeah. selling a few more. Um, we have our own inside dining in the, so we're not actually just like a shop front, like a general place yeah. that's in a food court. We actually have our own little site inside. So yeah, you know what? <sighs> fucking 2020 was so fucked up. We we're just yeah. kind of like, do we want to go in a center? Let's just fucking try it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, more and more places are like, um, like, like Birdie in Me- uh, Cocktail Bar in Melbourne is like in a shopping center and it's like one mm. of the fucking like sickest little bars in Australia right now. The, and like things yeah. are popping up and the, the opportunities they give you and the amount of fucking high rises that go up that have all these places like I mean Wollongong's bad for it like all these high rises have all got commercial space they're all empty so yeah. they're all they're all like dying out for people to move in and you're like well and it's kind of all that urban planning they need to have yeah. restaurants but then there's such an influx of restaurants and then so many restaurants have closed down in the past year yeah. because you know I uh, mean yeah, it's another story for another yeah. time these yeah. developers <laughs> and restaurants opening and throwing money and then yeah exactly not looking after you you know after you're kind of going but it, it look it's hard you know hospital's hard mm. they figures are slim to from one week to another is so variable get it from both sides staff suppliers then you got the customer side of things and then you got to make sure you're paying everyone and doing it and you have one bag week can throw you out yeah yeah mm. um so i mean you've talked about interstate you've talked about more butter like do you see any more anything other than butter on the horizon any more any more uh hot dog uh, <laughs> hot dog and camping equipment. Oh, look, there's, I think through the last year and sort of looking back, there is some stuff we'd like to do and sort yeah. of morph into and change. I think there's, you know, it's nothing that's not ever been done before, but doing it differently. I think the possibility is endless. I look, I've got a list of things I wanted to always do from yeah. starting and doing butter. Like I, my dad had like, you know, chicken shops and big rooster and wholesale businesses. And we had a florist and all these things. Like I like my fingers in every pie. Like <laughs> I like to be involved even here, like the retail Joe and, and Manoli do it, but I always like to, you know, make yeah, sure yeah. I'm kind yeah, of across me, everything. Um, there's definitely, definitely, definitely some stuff I want to do. Cool. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people, open restaurants and they always got to have like a twist it's always got to be like we're doing like this and it's modern this infuses this like what is actually it seems to be harder because less people do it is taking concepts and just doing them well yeah like th- yeah. that like that that should be twist enough for most yeah. places and there's, there's so much scope to go like you know like you know fried chickens like how can we do the best fucking fried chicken with like you know good chicken good ingredients and, and make you know, nail that recipe you can do that across so many cuisines yeah well yeah the places with long slides in the world are, are probably those like michelin star hawkers in hong kong and yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah, just yeah. well yeah just i mean char soup it's, it's quite yeah, like, in, in, like in japanese yeah. culture where people just do one thing yeah really fucking well <laughs> that's the, I, like, I, I love japanese food and like go one of those little ramen places and that, like 
you think about like burger places and what we are, we are fast casual, but we mm. are such in a different weird spot. And it's honestly, it's just so weird. We keep thinking we're not like this. We're not like that. We're like in between, yeah, which yeah. is fucking hard because we've got that retail. We've got the food. We've got the champagne. We're like a bar, but we're like a restaurant. But yeah. this, but we do takeaway. <laughs> Coming up with like the ramen or like our noodle dishes, things like that. They are very simple. I mean, the ramen's not. It's a fucking yeah. pain in the ass, mm. but normal burger places is like 25 patties on a fucking burger or you yeah. know all these different sauces like man it's just, our things are like jesus cheese honey mustard lettuce like that's yeah. it you know and doing that is like harder and, and keeping it going but what you're saying like having a concept doing something i i feel that like yeah we get to play a little bit more mm. than just sort of be just that kind of fast casual and then we get that concept we get to play in the retail and we get to play in the drink space like a bit more than yeah, here's the place. This is my vision, but it's fucking hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it is. It is harder to, to really. How have, you, how have you found having that bit of creativity and a bit of changing with having multiple venues now, where things have to be, where you can't be, it all plays at once, <laughs> yes. and everything, everything does have to be more set. <laughs> like we have to be like, right, well, I need to write down how you like fucking walk, right leg, left leg, for everyone to fucking make L- sure they do literally. it properly. Yeah, we've we started bits and pieces of that. We're still far from it, mm. but having the having the two wasn't too bad. Um, Parramatta was a bigger store. Surrey is like a little store. I always wanted to do sort of, we do a charcoal chicken out there now. And now sort of Parramatta and Chatswood have the bigger menu and then Surrey smaller. And then, yeah, just from opening now, I'm like, hey, we're going to do this. And I'm like, fuck, I actually need to write this out properly. (laughs) Yeah, okay. And now, okay, actually, I can't just give them like, 11 p.m. at night that it's going on the yeah. next yeah. day <laughs> you know so yeah hopefully let's, it's let's, let's try this str- yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no i have yeah. to i have to plan this week yeah. in advance so which is great like it's it's trying to or hopefully make it be more structured you know to mm. do that and you know what look mcdonald's kfc hey i love eating them but they actually have done great within hospitality you know the systems and yeah. the structures like you know we have a few kids that have worked there and how they've trained and learned there is very great Yes, it was, it's pretty impressive. Like, yeah. it, it's what it's to, to have that many restaurants where it's consistent. And it's always the fucking same. Like that McDonald's is, that throughout is a, the world. I would try a McDonald's in every country. I love Macca's. <laughs> yeah. You know, dirty people, Macca's. People who act like they don't like Macca's, I just think it's just fucking liars. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like like on their moral high horse, just liars. Yeah, it's like it's inherently delicious. There's so much salt, oh. so much fat, <laughs> so much sugar. It can't it's not addictive. be delicious. It's so addictive. <laughs> but yeah, they. Man, to go around the world, they are so consistent. Yeah. KFC is not consistent throughout the yeah, world. Yeah, actually, KFC in the UK like, is quite different. Yeah, Hong Kong was the worst probably KFC I had. But yeah, then right. Macca's fried chicken is excellent in Hong Kong. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like those, I mean, those, those are things that like you don't learn as a chef. No. Like that stuff like, like being able to, you know, make sure everything's written out, have all your recipe cards, have all your procedures in place. Like that's something you have to take from, you know, larger business corporate world. Yeah, I, and I think a lot of, you know, they say a lot of cooks aren't great business people, right? I think I was sort of lucky growing up with dad, had a little bit of a sense, and then my business partner's thinking differently too. Mm. You know, there's still stuff we do right, stuff we do wrong, but it, it is hard. And having that structure and being able to do multiples, like I love it. It's, you know, a lot of work. You're spending a lot of hours trying to do it. You're always chasing your tail because you're always fighting fires or something come up. I would love just to stop for like three, four weeks. Yeah, and just cook. close everything and just catch up, <laughs> you know, to implement more better, but it's never going to happen. But yeah, I, I, it's the fun of it. 
Mm. It's yeah. the fun of doing it and to try to be consistent. And you look at like, it, I hate them, but like Google reviews and they say this at this store or that at that store, really just trying to get the same stuff is very difficult yeah. because you don't have that same chef in every store or you don't have that same team. And it, it is hard, but it's why you do it. You love it. Yeah. Mm. Solving those problems. Cool. I reckon that's pretty good. Yeah. Good way to end it. Julian, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Hello, dear listeners. Steph here. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Food Fight. If you want to get in touch with us, it's at The Food Fight Podcast on Instagram or The Food Fight Podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you and we want to talk to you. Please leave us a five star review on iTunes. That really helps. If you want to hit me up, it's quicksandfood.com or at quicksandfood on Instagram. And if you want to get in touch with Simon, it's Simon underscore Evans underscore TBD on Instagram. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again with another episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.